Hop in your Bronco, hold on to your pancakes, and take a drive with us as we return to Haven. This is Troubled, your favorite rewatch podcast dedicated to the sci-fi channel show Haven, based on the Stephen King novella, The Colorado Kid. I'm your first host in our father-son podcast. My name is Alex French. And I'm the French with the highest blood pressure, Rich. Thank you for listening. <laughs> All right. So we're doing episode seven. That's sketchy. Uh, pretty easy to guess kind of what's going on in it, but we're going to give you the summary like we do anyway. Um, all right. So the episode starts and, uh, we got a bunch of dudes drinking on a boat, just kind of one of them's being an asshole and he's trying to get his other rich buddies in on an investment or something. Right. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And they've been burned by him before. So they're like, uh, no, thanks. Right. And then he's being a douchebag demanding beer from the, the girl, the waitress on the kind of party boat type thing. And then all of a sudden his legs start fucking breaking uh, dramatically in like 90 degree angles. And uh, it happens to his arm too, right? He kind of reaches yeah. out and that snaps in half. Yeah. And we meet kind of the captain of the boat. He's kind of like, all right, whatever, you know, and kind of walks away. Right. And then uh, before the leg snapping. <laughs> yeah. Captain Richards. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, kind uh, of a tool. Kind of a tool. Um, <laughs> it seems like everybody on the boat was except the girl. So we go back to the police station Jess and Nathan are flirting, kind of. Uh, well, Jess is flirting. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, she's there to report uh, a fake trespasser. And so, so uh, and uh, and Nathan has shown us his uh, complete lack of any skills with women and <laughs> yeah. romance. And Audrey's helping him out uh, the best she can and basically sets the date for them. Right. So once that's kind of taken care of. Uh, they go to investigate. Audrey will not stop busting his balls about it. And, uh, you know, they go down, kind of figure out what's going on. Audrey touches the body, finds out it's graphite. And then they go to kind of interview uh, some of the people. Like, who do they? She talks to the captain. You know, not much there, right? Yeah, no, he he, he doesn't really give her anything. Captain Richards, uh, you know. Uh, but what is the dad? But the dad, uh, the beer girl's dad, right? Yeah, Alec, Al, her dad, Alec. I thought we were going to get a ch- chance to have a character with your name, but close. Close, but no cigar. No cigar. So, you know, the dad doesn't know why uh, the girl, her uh, her and her fiance, Jimmy, are working there. Vicky uh, is her name. So Vicky, Jimmy, uh, I can tell none of them really like doing the work because uh the wealthy people don't treat them very well so but they don't really have any motive so far that anyone could tell so there's grasping for straws on who's what's behind this so then they go to the gray gull talk to duke really nothing there he's planning a surprise birthday party or something uh realtor dies in their office getting uh scrapes down their body kind of like parallel lines down the body the dad alec was present again hmm and uh we go to investigate take the dad back to the station because he's the most likely suspect right and then during the interrogation right because he was uh he was there uh, at both scenes so obviously that's the first choice but then he explains he was there to sell his house and uh which will uh come up later audrey tries to provoke him and uh, bring out his uh, his trouble, which uh, Nate, he it doesn't. He just yells. He nothing explodes or anything like that or crumples and that. So it's it's not him. But Nathan was no fan of her approach. Right, and so um, they figure out the graphite. What it's coming or uh, isn't it charcoal? Or yeah, it's graphite charcoal for yes. sketching. Right, so they figure out right for sketching. Hence uh, the episode title. And so they go to the art supply store to figure out. They find out that Jimmy bought it. Uh-oh. So, you know, and we also find out that uh, – what what do we find out about Nathan? Nathan likes to decoffage. So uh, – Which Audrey decoffage will not stop. Is, Audrey will not stop busting his balls about that too. Yeah, decoffage uh, is – really interesting it's like you take objects on like paper and you put them on surfaces of furniture you can do it on canvases and then you keep applying coats of uh, clear varnish and which makes the colors more uh popping you know it makes the object look like they're originally part of that that piece of furniture yeah and and in nathan's case it makes the colors brighter for him since he has heightened senses because he can't feel sure and so they go to you know they figure out since jimmy bought that they're going to go, they go to confront Jimmy and they want to figure out, you know, it's got to be Jimmy, right? Jimmy looks suspicious, kind of a dick. And uh, in the process, though, his mouth gets erased 
and then his eyes get erased and his ears get shut too, right? So right, he's... yeah. And uh, interesting part of that is uh, they brought old Jess Minion there with her tranquilizer gun to shoot him if he started right, <laughs> right. using his powers. <laughs> so she's waiting in the weeds to take him out. Um, after that, they take Jimmy to Eleanor's house. Uh, Jimmy is, you know, completely incapacitated. Eleanor gives Eleanor gives Audrey a pep talk. Uh, you know, kind of being like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna find this, you're gonna find this. But uh, Nathan and Jess talk. Yeah, Nathan, uh, is, you know, upset that he involved her in this, that it's too dangerous. So he kind of loses his temper with her and asks, tells her to go home because uh, he doesn't want her to be involved and get get hurt. Right. And so our next parts, there's a bit of a back and it's kind of uh, a bunch of like scenes that to simplify. They go to talk to Vicky, you know, since now she's kind of the last one left to, to ask. She won't really reveal anything. So they go to her house. They, they, they know she's hiding. She's hiding something. You know? Right. So they go to her house, find her art studio open and they find her painting or her drawings and shit. And uh, Nathan or Audrey touches a picture of Nathan and he goes flying across the room. So now we know who's who's doing these drawings or who's kind of got the trouble who's got the trouble right we know it's now it's vicky and uh it's just interesting uh working part-time because you don't make much as a teacher and you have a gigantic uh art studio in a gigantic house so her dad's rich maybe not really since he's working on the boat (laughs) anyway um we go to the hospital to talk to the initial dude who broke his legs uh, and find out that vicky's dad and him all owed the captain of the ship a bunch of money because they had been making they had been gambling out on the ocean. We kind of put two and two together and they find Vicky and figure everything out that the dad, Vicky's dad, Alec, you know, owed the captain. And so the captain found out what Vicky could do and has been using the paintings to, you know. Right. And that's, uh, you know, the reason why he would be trying to sell his house to pay off his debt. Right. Uh, trying to sell off his house. To pay the debts and then the captain is having vicky draw was it like a pier or something like a uh it, he's having her draw this like pro, uh this this building that by by the pier that he wanted yeah. to buy and that real estate deal fell through so clearly he wants to now destroy the fucking uh, building because <laughs> if i can't have it no one can yeah and everybody who's not been paying their debts he's been hurting with the pictures that uh, Vicky right. draws, and since Jimmy might have spilled the beans, he erased Jimmy's face. Well, yeah, well, well, who got it worse was the realtor, uh, Joel uh, Santamero. What a, what a last name they came up with there. He got <laughs> shredded. Yeah, he didn't even... The rest of them got to live. He died. So we find out the truth. Now it's time to go, you know, take it to the captain. Duke shows up because he's been smuggling, you know, he's been smuggling wine and stuff and selling it to the captain. Right, because uh, the, the captain has high-end clients, and Duke can come come up come up with rare stuff and goods, and he shows up with some port wine uh, that was liberated from uh, someone's cellar in France who had died. Duke is selling them this, you know, wine, and then Audrey and Nathan come. So Duke, you know, doesn't want to be seen by the cops. He hides down below. They confront him, but he's got a drawing of all of Haven. And he kind of gives them a demo of what he's going to do to the town if they don't, you know, fucking leave him alone. And he destroys the church tower. Yeah, the church steeple. He, uh, it, it, It's a view from what's called King's Point yeah, that right. shows all of Haven. So he basically has power over the entire town. So uh, at that point, Captain Richards uh, refuses uh, to give them the drawing and re- and release Alec. He refuses like uh, like we mentioned, threatens to destroy the town and then tells Vicky she needs to give him drawings of Audrey and Nathan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they refuse. That's when all of a sudden Richards goes flying. And then we see Duke found the picture of uh, drawn of Richards. And then he released uh, released Vicky's dad, Alec. Unfortunately, the, you know, in the scuffle as they're trying to, you know, Richards kind of trying to, you know, make one last attempt to get out of this. He knocks his own. They knock, he knocks the drawing right into the water. Uh, Nathan tries to get it, but they can't. And Captain Richards ends up drowning because his painting is underwater. And so with the because, you know, Duke, you know, teamed up with everybody and everybody wins. Everybody saves the day. So uh, at the end, we kind of get it. We get a scene of, you know, Nathan and Jess, you know, doing their little dates. You know, Nathan's got a bottle of wine with him. I wonder if it's the same one. And then Audrey is at the gray goal with Duke, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, Nathan hid the bottle of wine behind his back. It was a cute little scene. And then 
and then Audrey and uh, Duke are at the Grey Goal, and uh, Audrey finds it hard to uh, thank Duke, so she's buying martinis so that she could build up a tab and give him a really good tip, you know, as a way of thanking him, you know, and then Duke basically tells her, you know, whatever your expectations of me and all men, lower them. That's it for episode seven, right? Yep. Um, what did you, what did you, what did you think about this one? Well, it's funny. Uh, when I first watched it the first time I thought, uh, you know what, um, you know, this is like almost like a filler episode because there's a, Nothing, you know, you don't get no advancement on the Colorado kids story whatsoever. And that, and just, I thought it was just like an episode that was there to fill time initially. But I did, and then when I did my detailed viewing with taking lots of notes, you know, that's when I really, I was like, well, I really don't like this episode. I think I had it at a four on the, on the frontal meter. I moved it up to, up to a five. And then after watching it today, cause I, I, you know, in all honesty, I, I did my, my work on this episode two weeks ago. So today I rewatched it and I liked it a lot better. You know, I let myself not be so critical and enjoy, just enjoy the banter because there's some really great banter with between Audrey and Nathan and Duke through, throughout mm-hmm. it. So yeah. I ended up enjoying the episode a lot. And I did think it, you know, because at first I was like, well, you could take this episode out of the season and it wouldn't make any difference to the story. But I think there probably was some, you know, some development in the relationship between Duke and Audrey. So there, and, you know, and then obviously development between Nathan and Jess. So, right. Yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty fun episode. Um, it's pretty easy to guess kind of what's going on. It was like titled sketchy. Obviously I knew that episode title. And I was like, oh, okay, so somebody's drawing someone to death or something like pretty easy to guess. I did. I mean, I was like, oh, they want us to think it's Jimmy, but it can't be Jimmy. Cause he's the obvious one. Yeah, it was their usual, uh, you know, first it's Alec. No, not Alec. Then then it's Jimmy. No, then it's, it's Vicky. Vicky. But then Vicky's being the muscle for Captain Richard. So, you know, it's kind of that formula that they follow off and where they, you know, they get red herrings here and there. And then they finally get to the actual troubled person. Yeah. Um, some things I thought were weird was the kind of inclusion of Duke didn't always... Um, didn't always do it for me there was like the first time they go kind of didn't really like serve any kind of purpose and the second time they mentioned the smuggling so i was like okay that's you know why they're kind of bringing this up why they keep going here but it just kind of felt like he they were forcing them into into the scenes yeah he was good in the end i liked his usage in the end scene but the stuff before that's kind of like yeah you need to build like a better reason because they're like oh we got a crime Let's talk to Duke. And it's like, or is that the go-to for every, there's a okay. crime in Haven, you go to Duke? I'm actually going to defend them on that one. Because okay. uh, they went to Duke because it was, uh, he, he's he's a sailor, you know, he's a ship captain. And this happened on, on a ship, so he's a nautical expert, you know, and he's like, uh, the, the CB mysterious and dangerous, you know, it's absolutely no help whatsoever. But, you know, it, it's flimsy. And, and also, well, what the, do they what do they expect him to do, though? They're like, hey, there was a crime on a boat. And he's like, oh, I happen to know exactly what you guys need and what you're talking. About. Like, what's he going to like? What's he going to reveal to them? Like, what's he going to reveal to them that they don't that he like, what would he know? Is he like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's some crazy like crimper thing that snaps people's legs in half that's on that boat, like a giant bear trap. Like, well, he doesn't know. Yeah, fair, but he is a nautical <laughs> expert. Now, Nathan should know knows plenty about boats too, yeah. because his dad has a boat. So well, he's clearly he's clearly boat. unhappy about being there too, though. No. Well, and I'll tell you why he's unhappy. And that's because at the end of the previous scene, and Audrey, Nathan's like, Well, where to next? Well, you're not gonna like it, but let's go get some lunch. And that would have been the perfect opportunity to, for him to say, No, I'm not gonna like it if it's not pancakes. They should have gotten they, lobster rolls, right? It's missed an opportunity to bring pancakes into the, you know, that's a central staple of the show, in my opinion, practically a cast member. I liked the bit about, I loved the way he died. Um, I kind of wish he like deteriorated in a mush, but that obviously would take a lot more special effects and stuff. But I, I really like the idea of the drawing falling into the water. I thought that was a really clever way for him to, to kill off the villain. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, brings me a question. What, what do you think of Nathan's efforts to retrieve the sketch from the water? Well, I just don't understand what he what tool he was using. It was like a it looked uh, like a pulling. 
boats. Yeah, yeah. You like like small like rowboat type things. You sure. use the hook to pull it in and then dock it. But what was he gonna do? Like, like, because it had that little hook on the end. Like, yeah. spear it through him. You well, know, because at first they show him holding like a pole of some kind. And I was like, oh, he's got like, you know, one of those nets. You know, for like, like I don't know, like he's to catch fish or whatever. Yeah, fishing net would have worked. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's a net on the end of that. And then when they do like a close up in the water, it's like a like hook spear thing. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like what are you gonna do? <laughs> like you're gonna impale him to save him? Yeah, and uh, and it, I thought, you know, if uh, you know this. He's a criminal. He needs to go to jail, but you know doesn't necessarily kill him. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that warrant d- jumping into the water to grab it? Because if I he guess jumps, that's true. If he jumps into the water, he can definitely get it and get it and save the life. <laughs> but you know, he's like, I'm not getting wet. <laughs> no. So well, I, I just found that kind of odd. I was like, he could have easily jumped in and saved saved the drawing. Do you know how cold the main water is? Human life. I don't know. Even it's if pretty- it's a cruddy guy, you probably deserved it. So let's talk about Jess. This episode was a big kind of what the fuck from me with all scenes regarding Jess. That was probably the only aspect of the episode I didn't like. I liked the, I liked, I thought it was a fun little episode. Um, I was enjoying myself, except pretty much the opening scene of Jess was good, but then her showing up with the fucking rifle being like, oh yeah, it turns out I hunt. And it's like, what? You were just in the last episode defending animals, which Audrey even says, and she's like, oh, well, I shoot them with, like, a trank. It's like, you still kill them and eat them. Eat them, yeah, because she's saying that venison was on the menu for their their date. (laughs) Right, so what the fuck? Like, when we just also established that Dave is a hunter, wouldn't it make sense to bring Dave along? Like, I know the chief probably wouldn't because Chief was like, ah, I'm fucking busy, you know, doing that. Well, Dave probably doesn't have tranquilizer darts because Dave is, is killing for sport. She's killing to eat. It was such a weird excuse that they clearly needed somebody to be there with a trank gun and they picked Jess and they're trying to like ramrod Jess into this episode and put her in such weird roles. And then later when Nathan's like, you know, you need to get away from me. I'm weird. And like, this is dangerous. You're a normal girl. Yeah. You're a normal girl. Get out of here. It's like, what is this? Like, oh my God, this is the CW special. Am I watching Arrow? Like ever, like I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate things where the guy, and this isn't so much a trend now. It's it was definitely a huge trend in every TV show like ten years ago. Was the guy a guy a male protagonist telling like the woman, "This life's too dangerous for you. Like you can't, you know, I don't want you around for this." And it's like, oh, dude, shut up. Like, can we get over this? Like old, yeah. tired writing cliche it's it's the spider-man special right we're like my life's too dangerous mary jane i can't have you around when it's like oh fuck off like yeah it's uh it, it, it i didn't enjoy that that scene at all but it does set up for like the reconciliation date which was kind of cute but oh, it didn't need to be a reconciliation it could just be the date it could be you know they set up a date at the beginning so they execute on the date at the end and the clever thing is like oh i took one of duke's bottles of wine without him knowing you know like that could be the cute moment right like instead of Instead of like, hey, remember when I yelled at you for absolutely no reason and seemingly no point in that plot? Like, I don't know what she was like. Like, he she cares was... about her. He doesn't want her to get hurt. And uh, this is a this is a particularly tough trouble because yeah, Vicky does a sketch of her, and they didn't even understand the, the depth of yeah. uh, of it. I could kind of see wanting to keep her away, not the way he did it. No, I mean, no. I'd be like, hey, this, this this shit's getting like a little too dangerous, and we don't know enough yet. Why don't uh, you know we pick back up, at, you know, after you know, but politely, not uh, you know, the the get out the, of here, CW. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of his dad coming out, right? Pushing. People I walk away. alone. <laughs> Another question I had was <laughs> when they were talking to the real estate person, they were like, oh yeah, what, what was what was the real estate guy's name? Oh, John Santamero or John yeah. Santamero, like the lady they were talking to about it afterwards was like, oh, yeah, he's dealing with the less desirables of Haven. And I was like, who are the less desirables of Haven? The Haven. Like, yes. The- wait, are you talking about like Duke or are you t- like, who are you talking about here? What is the grimy underbelly of Haven like and who does it uh, who hails from it? Right. It was just I just didn't know who they were like talking about. And I was like, you guys are like some small like who is there like a. I don't know, like a, is there like a meth infested area like of Haven where it's like a lot, you know, don't go to, don't go to this, you know, blah, blah, blah street. It's full of like meth addicts. 
you know, uh, your your late grandmother lived in uh, on four acres in, uh, in rural Wisconsin and insisted there was raving gangs of teenage Chinese people that <laughs> causing wreaking havoc through uh, Adams County. And uh, <laughs> I was like, Mom, what? <laughs> no, there can't be, you know, what are you talking about? I guess that's the less than I guess that's the, the that's undesirables the- of Haven uh, or roving <laughs> gangs of teens. That's right. N- Ne'er do wells with their cigarettes rolled up in their sleeve, and uh, oh, wait, wait, that's a that's the fifties and sixties, and that's a Travolta movie. <laughs> couple a couple things of note: they did slip in one King reference, as far as I can tell, Kings Point, you know, yeah. the spot where you can see the whole city. So you know, we, we I like give that them a lot. Yeah. Well, well, this is a big one. Both of us, I noticed, came, know this. Audrey is from Ohio. In the pilot, we saw like another city that she was living in. So I really wonder. Was that supposed to be Ohio? I guess she could be stationed somewhere else because it looks I think I read that that was like Boston or supposed to be Boston. But I suppose it could be a different city because that doesn't look like Cleveland or like Akron or Columbus or any other city in Ohio that I can think of. How does that sound? Audrey being from Ohio. Does that sound I, I never right? would have. I never would have pegged it because she doesn't uh, seem like an Ohio person to me. Uh, for, well, former employer of mine had offices in Ohio and by Cleveland, the Cleveland uh, kind of surrounding area. And uh-huh. uh, I spent some time there. Be honest with you, it reminds me a lot of where I grew up in Milwaukee, uh, in Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, as a as a more mid, you know, Ohio's classic Midwest and. Audrey just doesn't have a Midwest vibe to me. Like, no, well, and but the thing is, what I found is that a lot of the folks, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking smack about people from Cleveland. Like I said, I had a lot of great uh, co-workers there, but it, the setting is is like the Midwest. The people are closer to East Coast, actually. Mm, uh, yeah. You know? Because like uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh aren't very far apart where we had two offices and they're definitely have the, the kind of the, the pace of life of East Coast uh, folks. So uh, I, I actually now the more I think about it, Audrey could be from Ohio. Yeah. Uh, she gives me a West Coast vibe, honestly, like she doesn't give me like a East Coast vibe or a Midwest vibe or a Southern vibe. She gives me like a. she doesn't give me a Southern vibe. No, yeah. no, I, I, I give I, I'd I, say she gives me a West Coast vibe. Yeah, see, like I said, I find Ohio uh, people, you know, and that's not to say every person from Ohio acts like they're from Boston. Okay, it's <laughs> not, nah, yeah, your cousin from Boston. No, it's, that's like in the Sam Adams commercials are pretty funny. I like the King's Point thing a lot to get back to that. I think it's cool because I don't know, maybe other TV shows do it, but I know I read comic books a lot. And that's something they consistently do is if there's like a locate, you know, because in comic books, the geography is always, you know, like Gotham City and Metropolis and just the the geography is always you know shifting to whatever the writer needs to kind of get done so they'll always name locations after famous people who have like worked on it uh and i'm sure it happens in tv shows a bunch too and movies but it's always cool because like you know you'll be reading uh you know like batman they'll be going to like like finger street you know which is named after like bill finger the writer of the original batman or like kane Mm. kane park so i like the little nod to stephen king for king's point and it makes sense it's cool like king you know top of the hierarchy highest place in haven blah 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 yeah, no, no, I, I I liked it as well. And I, I appreciate them, you know, uh, giving a shout out to King, you know, it's uh, he gave them uh, his story was the genesis for it. So uh, real quick, Wallace in a hospital reveals what he was betting on. And after hearing it, he deserved to have his legs broken in half and his arm broken for betting on the fucking Jets to win. <laughs> See, and you asked the question that, hey, is Haven, would Haven work in 2020? Yes, because the Jets still suck. So I think those are the undesirables of Haven, Maine, are the people, the Jets fans. People who vote for the Jets. Yeah, that's uh, Audrey even calls them out on it. She's like, seriously, you bet on the Jets? That was was hilarious. I laughed at that. I guess Maine fans would be Patriots fans, right? They should be. I can't see any. What about other... like Bills? Would there be any Bills fans? Nah, that's upstate New York. Well, this guy wasn't betting on the Bills. He was betting on the Jets like an idiot. We have another Saw alumnus on this episode. The guy who plays Jimmy is named Devin Bostic. He was in Saw 6. This is probably the only podcast where you can hear somebody who knows the Saw series that well. <laughs> To recognize. <laughs> I don't think I got that far with it. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, you did. We saw Saw 6 and th- we saw we saw Saw 2 through 7 in theaters together. We saw yeah. every one of them together, you and me. 
eh, you know, I forget some things nowadays. Yeah, uh... I mean, they're pretty forgettable. I was like, the only one we didn't see together was Jigsaw, which came out in 2017, I, I want to say. And yeah, then, I, I, I've never seen Jigsaw. Yeah. It's not very good, but it's better than Saw 6 and 7. So, yeah, just uh, another Saw alumnus to add to the list. I wonder how many we're going to end up with. I would love if Tobin Bell snuck in there, but I, as far as my memory, he he didn't. Yeah, I yeah, I would love if Tobin Bell was in there, but I think we would have noticed at the time. He could have. Well, he was saw was still happening. I think when Haven or it was just ending. I think when Haven was starting. But we could have had Tobin Bell as the Rev. We should we should have cast a Tobin Bell as the Rev, a vengeful, angry old guy. Yeah, he he could have he could have worked. Is he as good as uh, Jack Nicholson? I don't know. Uh, I mean, we're talking acting chops here. I mean, Nicholson's got the Oscars, you know. Speaking of high quality work, uh, the director of this episode, T.W. Peacock, what a name, what a name for starters. But (laughs) (laughs) T.W. Peacock just did a movie last year in 2019 with Colin Ferguson, who plays William and stars in uh, one of our favorite shows, Eureka. Uh, The show, the movie is called Christmas in Montana. Sounds like a winner. Yeah, sounds like a Hallmark, <laughs> a Hallmark movie that yeah, even your late grandma would have probably passed on. Uh, um, what do you think she would take watching Christmas in Montana or dealing with the roving gangs of Adams <laughs> County? I don't know. She was I would guess dealing with the. I was like, I would guess dealing with the roving gangs, honestly. Yeah, she 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 was feisty. Yeah, she she thought she could take anyone on. She. I think we should do a. Uh, watch five minutes of Christmas in Montana and just give a, in a future episode, we'll give a, a quick five minute. We'll, we'll watch five minutes and then take five minutes to talk about what we thought of the five minutes of Christmas in Montana or something. Maybe it's like a special mini episode, like a 10 minute episode or something. Well, you see, and that's the type of dedication we have to our listeners. We're willing to watch a Hallmark movie just for the benefit of our listeners. So, I mean, I think that's pretty pretty cool. It doesn't get more torturous than that. I guess maybe if we watch an oxygen movie. Or a Lifetime movie. Yeah, Lifetime. uh, Apparently, uh, once a man gets married, he has to murder his wife. It's not an option. Well, speaking of Lifetime movies, uh, I thought that's kind of where the episode was going. For a brief second when Nathan was holding the wine bottle behind his back, I have no idea what I was thinking, but it looked like a knife in my mind for like a split second. So I was like, whoa. Is Nathan going to kill Jess like or like threaten her? But maybe that's what she's into since she's into like witchcraft stuff. Yeah, Nathan, maybe. You never know. They <laughs> sacrificed the deer. Maybe know? maybe that's what Nathan was referring to. He's like, no, you're normal. Like my you know, maybe Nathan's sexual appetite is much darker than we. Darker. <laughs> well, he, he doesn't feel so you're talking. You're going to have to do some cutting and strutting. <laughs> yeah, <I've, laughs> I think it was in the Patreon episode, but we mentioned uh you know, that maybe Nathan was a bedwetter and now we're talking about this. Nathan Nathan under us would be a pretty pretty crazy character. Not the nice guy, normal guy he is. Oh, yes. There, there'd be layers upon layers of Nathan with us. Yeah, Lucas Bryant probably not going to come on to show. Like, what the <laughs> like, fuck hey, is wrong with these guys? What are these, these assholes? They got like he, a sexual demon? Or maybe he really is and he's like, oh shit, they're on to yeah, me. We're, we're talking about Nathan Warnos though, not Lucas Bryant. We we love Lucas Bryant. But maybe we got him sweating. Maybe he's like, how did they find out? How do they know? Yeah, what, uh, my last question for you. Uh, what did you think of this trouble? I think you touched on it a little earlier. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was, you know, that's the fun of these shows is you're always getting new kind of case of the week, right? We're like, what are, what are they going to come up with next? So I, I thought it was fun. It was really easy to guess. The second his legs broke, I was like, oh, it's some kind of drawing or some shit. Like somebody scribbled on a piece of paper a drawing of him or something. And uh, basically, because you could, if you know the episode title, if I guess if you didn't know the episode title, it'd be harder. But once it was episode title sketchy, sketchy, then I was yeah. like, oh, it's somebody's drawing on the paper. And maybe I just remember, but I really don't remember this. I don't remember a bunch of these episodes. So it didn't like, you know, ring in my memory like butterfly when Audrey was getting roped up in that bad, that horrible scene. I was like, oh, I remember the first time I watched this. This one didn't bring back memories, but I, I liked the trouble. I thought it was interesting. I liked the idea. This is kind of our first time, or we've had a similar cases, but this is kind of the first time somebody's taken really criminal behavior and manipulating, I think, someone else's trouble to that degree. I thought that was interesting that the captain was kind of manipulating Vicky and using her drawings. Like He was full out bad guy at the end. He was full on like, 
like i don't know like he was out of speed or uh some stallone movie where he was like i'm gonna blow i'm gonna blow up this whole town if you guys don't give me what i want it's like jesus you're intent like i thought this was just like some gambling money but you're willing to blow up the whole town like or tear the town in half well that, that's what that, that's kind of what one of the notes i had from this was you know richard roots was a good old-fashioned dirtbag type of you know <laughs> you know loan sharking gambling you know that, that sort of thing but fuck did it escalate yeah I mean, <laughs> like, he, he had plans man he, he yeah this he guy's was, pretty he, ambitious <laughs> yeah he went he went to evil mastermind status from you know petty criminal to mastermind evil mastermind status man. Like, i mean uh, can, can you imagine how angry he was he had a perfect setup he had an idiot who would bet on the jets every time he's like that's guaranteed money and now my whole f- plan is ruined so i'm not surprised yeah. he had a lot of anger to, and wanted to you know destroy this town but I like the high stakes. I liked uh, how I, I, I enjoyed how far it escalated. I wasn't expecting it to get to the levels it did. <laughs> I didn't. That's got to be the highest stakes yet this season, right? Yes. As far as I can remember. Just, I can't remember another one where it was destroying the entire town. Uh, well, I mean, maybe if Bobby dreamt about in episode two, Butterfly, maybe if Bobby dreamt about like the town drowning or something, you know, maybe he could submerge. Maybe he has a dream about an earthquake or something. But so far, we haven't had anything this destructive well maybe marion's a power with uh you know uh, her x-men storm action oh maybe true. If, that's maybe right. that could but i mean but th- this is still the better you know <laughs> yeah because he could just literally snuff the entire town out you know yeah what if he crumpled it. the paper or you know dropped a paper in the water what would happen with the town like submerge underwater flood yeah go go all atlantis on us yeah that'd be pretty cool uh, the lost city of haven <laughs> Yeah, season two is going to be very high budget in that case. All shot underwater. But if the show got canceled at episode seven, they could, you know, just have it end with the show, the town getting destroyed and uh, yeah. just call it a day. Yeah. Which isn't yeah. the case because they got the full season order right at the beginning. But, right. Uh, so worst yeah, case they, scenario. They knew. Yeah. I think about I, I think that's the only you know, things really notes i had i did have one other one was that we didn't get any teagues or chief in this one which you know kind of kind of sad you know i i enjoyed the characters but i thought there was enough comedy from the you know between uh nathan duke and audrey that we really didn't miss miss them that much because they they pulled you know like audrey was on fire this episode Mm -hmm. she she was slinging the whole the, the the whole time and it would it, it was great. So I like oh, that. We did get a bigger dosage of Eleanor, though. So even though we, we didn't we get didn't. the we didn't get the Teagues and the Chief, you know, we got more Jess Minion. We got more Eleanor. I think they filled in uh, nicely. Like the and because Duke's scenes were almost superfluous as it was. I don't know if I want <laughs> to throw in any of the other characters. Oh, he's, he, he was he was ha- hiding a surprise birthday party for a, a teacher. So I mean, it, they had to get there. Oh, he's a scoundrel, but got has a heart of gold still. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, Eleanor's pep talk with Audrey was was a good scene. Um, it's nice seeing Eleanor step up into the mentor role for her. I just thought it was kind of funny where you know Audrey was like, you know, I got to catch this guy, and Eleanor's like, oh, you know, you'll figure out the troubles. And I was like, what are you? We giving her the pep talk now? I was like, this is six episodes too late. Like you should have been giving her the pep talk a little, maybe on the tennis court when the guy aged to death in front of her, she could use the pep talk. Yeah, that was. Uh... But she she did, and the thing is, you know, you know, Doc Eleanor's got to know more. She's not re- she's not revealing it. Oh, why not start helping Audrey? It's like, well, that's you know. every person in town is right. Hey, it turns out I know all this information that could save you a lot of time and heartache. But I'm not going to tell you. That's the chief, the Warnos is, uh, sorry, the chief and the Teagues. The Warnos would be the chief, the chief, the Teagues, and Eleanor. Our classic small town folks. Oh yeah, and Duke's Duke's holding back some stuff that oh, comes true. out later. Yeah, Duke's yeah. holding back some stuff. But and, his, uh, his, I feel like his is more like repression, or like you know that he doesn't really want to. He likes kind of living, you know, he kind of likes living in the moment and not addressing the darkness around him. Whereas the others are aware and are cryptic, right? They're like, oh well, we could help you, but uh, you got to figure yeah. it out yourself. Duke is kind of like it's fully repressed. Like that stuff's not coming out until it absolutely has to when it you know later on down the road right right it's the well it's what we'll say the uh the older generation in haven they have yeah. a lot of knowledge of what's going on and they could but then again that would cut how many episodes out of the show so you know episodic television you want how long, uh, on, how long until audrey says okay boomer to somebody do you think 
I just don't think that was a thing in 2010. Oh, no. But um, they should do a director's cut where that's her answer to to the chief whenever he's grouchy with her. Uh, for the record, not a boomer, Xer, Gen Xer. I was going to say maybe you're similar age to our main trio, but I think they're like 10 years younger than you, right? I would guess. Uh, I'd say they're probably like approaching 40 now. Definitely. I think that's, yeah, they were in their uh, early 30s at the time. I would say some of them. And Audrey was probably 30 at most. Yeah. So they're probably my generation, right? Millennials. Yeah. I believe they'd be millennials. I can't but they'd be they'd be on the they'd be on the super early end, I think, right? And I'd be I'm I'm on the super late end. It, it, and it depends which uh you know which resource you get it from. True, true. Uh, my friend Ben was born in '82, and on one website had him as the last year of the Xers. And uh, hours I've seen '82 be yeah. like the beginning of millennials. Millennials. See, so it depends on which you know which resource you go with yeah. on that. <laughs> do you do you bust Ben's balls about being a millennial? Uh, I do, and then he comes back with. I'm, a, uh, I'm, a, he, I'm an Xer. He finds this <laughs> website that shows he's an Xer. <laughs> so he looks through the for the source that provides the answer he's looking for. Answer he's looking for. That's right. Hey, you're a millennial, and you're you're my favorite son. Please. Yeah, that's kind of all it for the episode, right? Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of gone through everything we wanted to, so we're gonna move into our did, last. Did you did you give it a numeric rating? I don't recall. Oh, I didn't. Did. did you give it a numeric rating? Yeah, I told you, uh, I thought I said I started out as wanting a four, gave it a five, and then moved it up to oh, a okay, six. Okay, okay, okay. On the French meter. That's on the French meter. That's right. That's right. I would have to give it, uh, what's the art style Nathan does? Uh, decoffage. I give it, uh, I give it six, <laughs> six decoffage. Uh, I don't know, even know if they're drawings. Decoffage sketches out of 10. Uh, for me, like a six is like, it's okay. Like a seven is like good and okay is like fine is like is it it's a fun episode. It doesn't really excel in a ton of places, but it doesn't really do there's really only like I said one scene I don't like. I only, I just don't like that scene with Jess and Nathan. Other than that, it's all good, but nothing's like great, right? Nothing really pushes it over the top. So it's like, you know, it's a good episode. Yeah, you, need, you need episodes like this in the middle, right? Right, of a of a you know, like 13 episode season. Right. So I I ended up in the same place you were. I just uh I find it funny. It's when I'm taking notes, I end up being harsher than I, I am when I'm just watching it and enjoying it. Okay. So to kind of move on, um, we got a new seg, uh, our little segment at the end here. It's going to be something different than what we did before. Last time we did like a fan casting this time. We're going to to announce, to kind of tie into our Patreon. One thing we thought would be cool to do for all our Patreon members would be to give them how people put their names through a <laughs> like Wu-Tang name generator. <laughs> We're going to kind of put all our Patreon members' names through the French Haven name generator. So uh, if you join us on Patreon and uh, join our first tier, we'll kind of give you some crazy-ass nickname that we've made up that, you know, is Haven, you know, is has our comedic sensibilities with uh, a Haven kind of like theming to it. Haven but- theme, maybe Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah to broaden that to King as well. Um, To kind of celebrate the moment, I put all of the kind of Haven main characters' names through the Wu Tang generator. Uh, My dad doesn't know any of the names yet. I've kept it secret from him to surprise him too, so you can kind of get his reactions to. And we'll see kind of how the Wu Tang name generator did on their names to see if they kind of are fitting names for everybody. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a tribe called Quest guy and atmosphere <laughs> guy, but uh, I, I do like Wu Tang. I mean, you know, uh, you know I ge- could be RZA. You know, do, do those generations like you know what's the age? What's the difference in like time periods between height peak Wu Tang and peak? Yeah, tribe, atmosphere. tribe was uh, started in late 80s and really st- was started peaking early 90s. With, okay, uh, so that matches. Atmosphere is yeah. a bit later. So uh, Yeah, a- atmosphere is later. It's, you know, it's just demonstrating that I still do listen to some hip-hop. <laughs> Not a lot just anymore, a name drop. But, but some. All right. Cool that, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so to start, I put our names through, our two hosts' names through the Wu-Tang name generator. Um <laughs> I've teased him a bit with that. I thought mine came out pretty well, and his uh, his his is pretty funny. So okay, so when I put my name through Alex French, I put my shortened first name, not Alexander. It came out as Adventure Undo. Adventure Undo. That was uh, that's a pretty cool one. Yeah, I like that. That, that. that sounds like a cheap cologne from the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can get Eric Balfour to sponsor this cologne, be the spokesperson for Adventure Undo. 
Hey, hey, you know, he he's a fan of a fan of the podcast, I'm sure. Richard French, oh. I put your full name. Uh, oh, I go by Rich. Uh, <laughs> the only people who call me Richard are my late mom and your mother. So, so people that I, inter- I I have interacted with a lot. So I put Richard French through. It came out as Bell Toad Hot. <laughs> Bell Toad Hot is that like to- told as like T O no, A D, like the animal a toad. Bell Toad Hot. <laughs> that is horrible. I what told the you. Fuck? <laughs> Bell Toad Hot. So you gotta say, you gotta admit, Adventure Undo is a lot better than Bell Toad Hot. <laughs> yeah, Bell Toad. I mean, fuck, I got Toad in it. You know, just any time <laughs> you got Toad. I mean, unless it's Toad the to Wet Sprocket. I mean, that's a whole different. Well, hey, there's the, there it goes. It ties in. Yes, okay. I do like Toad the Wet Sprocket, and uh, just if like you... Stephen King, I turned your mom onto them, and she'll probably tell you she turned me on to Toad the Wet Sprocket. You're gonna have to listen to her podcast. Uh... Maybe she has like a parallel Warehouse 13 podcast going on. I was kidding. Uh, but if you guys want to hear more about his musical interests, our second Patreon episode what is a album review of all the songs that are, you know, not made for Haven that were included. And like we reviewed it as if it was a soundtrack. So if you go on Patreon, you can check that out as our second episode there. I highly recommend that one. It's a, it's a, it's a really fun one. So to get to the Haven care, uh, let me, I put the town Haven through the name generator it came up with the name conqueror rational <laughs> i don't even know what to say to that That's, uh, it's got a cool name conqueror rational <laughs> it's absolutely insane but uh i think it was a cool name it's uh maybe it, conqueror rational is wu-tang for uh god's orphans right yeah i don't know if the delayed odb would uh would approve of that one but yeah i think it would uh so uh, every, probably everybody's names i put through <laughs> audrey's name Came out as Lord Dedicated Resentful. Oh, that is, I don't know, man. That, that's, I mean. So, I like it. She's dedicated to her job. She's, you know, is anyone in Haven more dedicated to their job than her? So Lord Dedicated, I think, would fit. Resentful. Resentful. Maybe as we get further down the road, Later, there's things I, to be resentful. She's an, or, she, you know, she's an orphan. She's uh, an orphan. She's resentful. About, you know, people who had full families and stuff. So I get it. Lord Dedicated Resentful, maybe, you know. So that's fit. what Audrey Parker came out as. Yeah, yeah Audrey Parker came out as Lord Dedicated Resentful. Okay, uh, okay, I guess. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Warnos came out as Cavalier Guilt. <laughs> G-I-L-T version of the word. Um, so Cavalier Guilt was Nathan. <laughs> I, I could see it actually, you know, that uh, he's guilty about being Cavalier. And uh, so he uh, represses himself and doesn't share the true Cavalier exactly. side of him. Makes sense. It makes sense. Dukes was maybe the best. Uh, no, it's not quite the best, but it's pretty close to being the best. His name is Rascal Sunset. <laughs> Rascal Sunset. Talk about a cologne, uh, porn star yeah. name, whatever you want to come yeah. up with. But Rascal Sunset is a pretty awesome Wu Tang name for Duke. That's so fitting. That 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 works actually. Yeah. So it's pretty close to being the best one. Um, I think the next one is the best, but Duke's was I would say tied for first or like one A one B. It's one B. That was um, pretty good. I, I my put, expectations are high now. I put the chief in. Uh, what did you put him in? What did you put, put him in? I as? put him as the chief. Okay. Oh, uh, Christ. It came out as Commander Hostile. <laughs> so I, I like that one. I mean, because yeah, it's fitting. It, it's perfect. And, and you know, that, that not only would fit with the Wu Tang, but that would also fit with Public Enemy, who released <laughs> yeah. a new album a couple weeks ago. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, they're back. So, yeah, maybe they have a guest appearance by Commander Ho- Hostile. Or hostile, however you want to say. Well, uh, <laughs> since they recorded before this podcast, probably not. But yeah, I bet you on the follow up there is. Yeah, maybe a single. I put in. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen him yet. I put in William. Uh, it came out as Fire Drake, amazing. <laughs> so I don't know. How, I don't know how I feel about that one. That pretty uh, weird. I kind of like that one. Yeah. Um, Especially considering their. Uh, it's cat, you know. It's filmed in Canada. Most of the actors are Canadian. So Drake's Canadian. Drake. Fire Drake, yeah. I Fire dig Drake, it. amazing. <laughs> um, I put the Rev in, just as the Rev is what I entered. Uh, this one's maybe the worst one. I came out as Parrot Golden. 
<laughs> Parrot Golden. Parrot Golden is better than Bell uh, Toad Hot. <laughs> Christ. I'd rather be Parrot Golden than Bell Toad. Fuck. Um, okay, so I put in Vince Teague. Uh, it came out as Lion Master. <laughs> so lion master i thought it would have been fitting if it was bear master considering the last episode uh they went up against a stuffed bear but lion master is pretty good he's got a nice mane you know of hair still yeah no you know the hair and then later down the road we're gonna learn more about him (laughs) um uh this one's dave's and it's fucking nuts i uh dave's came up as yellow peril twinkly um (laughs) Uh, Dave's was great. Yellow Peril Twinkly is insane. Um, Yellow Peril Twinkly. Because um. <laughs> at first I thought it said Twinkie, and I was like, holy shit, Yellow Peril Twinkie. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is insane. <laughs> and that, yeah. that, that, that one's crazy. Uh, I was like, that, I don't know if uh, on TV Dave could go as Yellow Peril uh, anything. Uh, no. I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> Um, yellow fever fever peril <laughs> I, I don't know uh jess minion i put in this one's pretty weird it's stylist slothful <laughs> yeah, I don't know. so I, oh. I was i was in i was with it during the stylist part and then when slothful came up i was like oh, okay well i don't know about that i put in dwight hendrickson that's edge um, adam copeland it would have been awesome. I was really, I was like, man, please come back as Edge. Like, how cool would it be if his name came out of the generator as Edge? It did not. Maybe some, some, something like Danger Edge. You know? Yeah, Danger Edge. Anything that had Edge in it would have been perfect, but it didn't. His name is still pretty cool. It's Dr. Thunderous. <laughs> Dr. Thunderous, huh? It still oh, sounds man. like a wrestling name. Can you, you can imagine a wrestler named Dr. Thunderous. Hailing from Nova Scotia, Dr. <laughs> Thunderous. Yeah, so I thought it, I thought he still had a good wrestling name, uh, even though it wasn't Edge related. Um, yeah. I put in Agent Howard. Uh, Agent Ryan Howard. He's. I just put Agent Howard. Uh, I didn't know his first name. It came out. <laughs> Togue Drunken. Togue. Yeah, T O G U E. Togue Drunken. Yeah, Togue, um, which is a lake trout, a Canadian lake trout. Wow. Uh, so at least it's like Canadian or North American, at least like Canada, so, Maine area. So Howard's sitting by the pier drinking 40s out of a paper bag, told drunken. Well, I thought it was he's drunk off a of fish is how I, t- I, I take it. <laughs> Jesus like, Christ. You know, he's just like not literally, but, you know, he's eating so much fish. You know, it's like, oh, I'm drunk off these, you know, like tw- I'm drunk on Twinkies or, you know, he's drunk on sugar. Like, you know, he's just drunk I, I, on togue fish. <laughs> that's insane. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least I, it's at least it's fitting to the region. Um, even if it's the most insane. Like, OK, so I did Eleanor Carr. Um, oh, Doc Eleanor. Her name, her name is pretty good. I feel like it would have fit Jess better, but it's still a pretty cool name. It came out as Witch Bad. Witch Bad. Uh, that's, that's that's good. That's a cool name. Um, I entered Lucy, just the name Lucy. Uh, I got Crow Smiling. Crow Smiling. Uh, I'm not feeling that one funny or. Uh, yeah, it's pretty weird. Um, so Crow Smiling, is it? Yeah. So yeah, Crow so- Smiling. See, if you reversed it and did Smiling Crow, that could be a nice Native American name. <laughs> um, and then I entered just the name Mara, even though obviously we're not there yet, but I entered the name <laughs> Mara. And I got Lamp Eye Tame. Lamp Eye Tame. Yeah, I don't, wow, I don't, I don't know what's up with that. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so those last two are pretty bad. Um, and then last, I entered James Cogan our you know proverbial colorado kid colorado kid and that one's pretty crappy too just because it kind of come it's too similar to a previous one it came back as commander passionate commander passionate oh. which is too close to commander hostile which is too perfect for the chief so uh, no i i i mean unless unless they were a hip-hop duo you know <laughs> commander uh, hostile, you know. commander passionate one's like well then james cogan would be kind of like the singer you know he does like the more singy parts and then commander hostile is like you know the rapper he does like the more rap parts oh yeah yeah chief chief is just coming out you know blasting rhymes at people and (laughs) i mean he's firing like chuck d back in the day i mean so that's it for that was uh all the wu-tang name generators if you 
join us on Patreon. We'll be giving you some crazy ass name that sounds as ridiculous as all of these. Uh, but we'll try to kind of give it a Haven Stephen King spin on it. Uh, and if you had any cool names for the characters that, you know, you put them through a Wu-Tang generator or something, you know, send them to us. You know, uh, I post on Reddit so you can comment there, email us. I'm going to give you all the contact info. But if you have any funny Wu-Tang name generators, even for yourself, the characters, or you put our names through it, whatever, um, we'd love to hear them. They are always just so ridiculous and insane that they're funny no matter what. But that's it for episode seven. We'll be back for episode eight in a week to return to Haven and hope you return with us. The quickest way to reach us is by email. You can contact us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. You can find us on a uh, just an outrageous amount of places now, of services where you can listen to podcasts like Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music. We'll also have the podcast up on YouTube. If that's all that is available to you, we'd certainly appreciate a review or a like. And if you can hit the subscribe button, depending on what service you're using. If you want the podcast straight from the source, though, you can visit us at troubledpod podcast.com we'll have all our episodes news and the like all in one place for you if you want to follow us on twitter for updates you can follow us at haven's trouble that's a capital h and a capital t last but not least if you look at what we've been doing so far we are on patreon which we have mentioned many times in this podcast (laughs) too Uh, many too many i know and we have shilled too much but if you search for trouble there'll also be a link in the show notes uh, we're doing exclusive episodes over there. Our second episode is, as we mentioned, an album review for all the uh, non-original songs that were included. Uh, we'd love if you join us. We would like to kind of upgrade some of our equipment and stuff. So that's what the money will be going to. Um, there may be some merch in the future. We don't know. And if you have anything else you want to see for uh, the patron exclusive, you can uh, email us, contact us. We want to we want to include you guys and get some user uh, input. And we're always excited for feedback. I want to thank everybody for listening. We truly appreciate your listenership. Uh, hope you come back to Haven one more, at least one more time with us next week. And please remember, this is Bell Toad Hot telling you, <laughs> never let your troubles get you down. <laughs>